Hello, welcome to the Confidence Mastery podcast. Today we have David Falco joining us. Thank you very much for joining us all the way from the USA. How are you? Good afternoon I'm, here. Afternoon. It is afternoon where I am too. So I'm very excellent. Thank you. I'm very, very excited to be speaking with you today. And um, mind you, I am always excited when I have conversations with people. I love it. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, pleasure. Um, could you give the listeners just a, a little introduction to you? Um, a, well, I would say Blind Date style, but you're in the US, so you might not know Blind Date. So who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, Seisha and I, uh, we founded the Inner Anthem Academy, which is a self-development program for individuals. Um, where the two biggest pillars, obviously, that we focus on is... Uh, wellness, fitness, and nutrition. Um, but what we do is we focus more, not necessarily on necessarily what goes on in the gym, but more on like what goes on outside of the gym in regards to our students' time management, their emotional control, um, their environments, triggers, things like that. And so we strategically, step-by-step, put plans together for them to help accomplish what it is that they're looking to um, uh, pursue. Uh, whether that is a, a fitness goal, whether that is a, a simply a better financial um, responsibility, <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a it's not just a, a fitness and health program; it's a self development program because of all, all the additional uh, pillars, the things that we want to teach our students. They're universal across the board, so the same types of disciplines and character traits that you're going to use in this particular area of your life can translate to other areas of your life too, as well. Yeah. That's what I was really interested in because we teach health, wealth, and happiness, and I call it the triangle of life because they all interlink. So your physical and mental health, um, you know, your businesses, what makes you happy, what drives you, what pushes you to achieve those goals. And like you said about those disciplines, like having discipline is what gives you freedom. And I don't, I don't know if you agree with that, but it's something that I found um, I suppose a bit more recently, I used to be a wild child and <laughs> just I thought that freedom was doing whatever you want when you want. But you'll know also yourself that the more disciplined you become with something, actually the freer your mind becomes. For sure. I definitely uh, discipline's a prerequisite for a lot of things. And, and so I like how you put that. There's a girl when you said it's like you used to be a wild child, what do you mean? <laughs> um I used to be like the life and soul of the party. Um, we, uh, you, well, if you look up Magaluf, it's a big place that the British go to party and on the, on the island of Mallorca, one of the Balearic Islands, a Spanish island. And mm-hmm. I left my job in 2011, just got on a plane, uh, expecting to stay in this party place for three months. And we're now in 2023 and I still live in Mallorca, but I don't go to Magaluf anymore. So it was just party 24-7, like literally all day, every day. And I was running bars and then I completely changed my life. And when a lot of my friends got arrested um, and I thought, what's the complete opposite of what I'm doing and how I'm living my life? Because if I carry on down this path, I'm going to end up in jail or dead. Um, right. So I retrained as a personal trainer. And that's why health and fitness is so important to me because the gym literally saved, saved my life. And, and again, the discipline of going, looking after your mental health gives me so much joy 
Um, and then I'm able to put that in, into other areas and help other people as well, which is partly what the podcast is about. What's interesting is uh, a lot of people that I talk with uh, when we do podcasts or when we do interviews, things like that, there's a lot of similarity in regards to that uh, type of path. Mm. Uh, whether they were like into that nightlife, uh, they were struggling with an addiction. Uh, they were just, you know, going down um, uh, a path that they would, they know that was going to lead them to something really negative. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how when they make that decision to change, and a lot of times when they do this, they find a quote unquote like new addiction, but in a positive one. A lot of times yeah. that can become fitness. It can become fitness. Uh, and whether that's uh, yoga, whether it's uh, endurance training, whether it's weightlifting, whatever it is, it's really, I see this a lot is they go from having these types of negative behaviors uh, to these types of behaviors, but they're, they're, they're pursuing them as, pa- as passionately as they were that, that night style life. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I used to say, I, I replaced, um, I've never said this on my podcast. <laughs> all right (laughs) the first um i replaced charlie with jim all right so it was one of those like massive transformational like the endorphins and the rush i get from from the gym but on a on a good level and knowing i'm doing my mental health and my physical health so much good um but i don't beat myself up if i miss a day like yeah. I've, I've got to that place where I used to be so regimented that actually that was a bad thing because I'd, I'd have to catch up and I'd beat myself up and then like you then restrict your eating whereas now it's apart from when I'm like on it like at the moment I've got five weeks till my retreat so I'm on a cut for for a photo shoot for that but it's it's okay if I miss a day or it's okay if you have like a packet of crisps every now and then like it's not like that kind of of way of life it's it is more a way of life than the struggle it's not a struggle for sure yeah what's that what, what do you feel like was the biggest transition when you were behaving this way and now we're behaving this way what was the biggest transition was it the people that you were hanging out with oh for sure was it, yeah me yeah. too yeah it made the people you surround yourself with and that's why now i'm so so careful about who comes into the community my, my community my mastermind is it's application only I have to make sure you're a right fit for the people there so looking after my people and making sure mm-hmm. that you know it's like getting rid of the toxicity and ensuring that you're surrounded by people that are going to lift and inspire you because otherwise you do you you know what's that saying if you're the if you're the sixth stupidest person in the room like you'll <laughs> Whatever that phrase is, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not doing that quote justice. What was the the, the shift for you? Because you've done similar. Well, that from that particular, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. So uh, this was more of when I left that type of lifestyle. Um, it was more for like financial reasons. So we'll go back to this. So I would say in my mid twenties, uh, just like yourself. Uh, I was uh, all about the nightlife. We were going out, having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. meeting a lot, meeting a lot of people, um, spending a lot of money <laughs> on ha- on having fun. 
this was actually I've had a couple shifts uh, as an adult, but this was one of the the bigger ones. Uh, I had racked up some uh, financial debt. I had over like ten thousand dollars in consumer debt. So this was not, and this wasn't investments. This wasn't education. This was just spin, 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 for having fun. And I got to a point where uh, I was over ten thousand dollars in consumer debt, and I've been trying to work it off. Right, I've been trying to let's get this paid off. This is ridiculous. Let's get this paid off. And I was just like making little bitty chunks, minimum payments, things like that. I'm not getting anywhere. I was not putting in a a, a, a wholehearted effort. It was really half-assed. Mm. And so uh, I remember this, and I share this with our students too as well. Um, there was a I can't remember if it was Christmas Eve or if it was Christmas. It was one of the one of those nights. But I had made all the rounds. I'd gone to my parents. I'd gone, you know, saw all the family, all that stuff. And I'd gotten back home, and I'm sitting in my kitchen. And it's completely black. All the lights are off, and I had my laptop open. And so the only light that was illuminating was from my laptop. And I was on the internet, and, and I came across a video uh, from a mentor of mine at the time. And I don't even remember what he said, but what he did say resonated. And it was one of those aha moments mm-hmm. where the light bulb went off, and I sat back in my chair. And I just told myself, I said, David, I said, if, if you're serious about this and if you really, if you really want to solve this problem, it's like, you're going to have to change. Mm. And Natalie, when I was saying change, it's like, in my mind, what that looked like for me was, okay, I cannot keep living like this, which means I have to stop hanging out with these people. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and it's not that these people were good or bad. It's just the way that they were behaving and living was not in alignment with what I needed to accomplish in regards mm-hmm. to my goal, which was get out of this financial, you know, this debt. Yeah. And so, um, and here's the crazy thing that uh, this is not an embellishment. Um, when I say it's like I can't hang out with these people, it wasn't like one or two or three or a handful of them. I made a decision that night that I was completely washing myself of all oh. of them. Wow. Every everybody, every my entire social circle at the time. And so I made it I made a decision. I said, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to come home. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go work out and I'm going to go home. And I just, at the, the, that night I made a decision like, that's how I'm going to operate. And here's the thing for the, all the listeners and who are going to watch this. Some of you guys and gals, you know that you want to accomplish something. You're not happy with where you're at. You identified the need to change. And it's like, okay, I want to get my life together. Uh, I want to get out of debt. I want to find a spouse. I want to find a partner. I want to get in shape. I want to find happiness. I want to find peace, whatever it is. It's like everybody comes up with these targets and these goals, everybody. But there's not enough. You need to have a plan of action behind it. Yeah. You cannot just hope and wish and just have the idea. There needs to be like tangible steps on how. Not what you want to do or what you want to become, but how 
you're going to do it. And so I made my mind up. I was like, all right, this is how I'm going to execute. I'm just going to say, oh, wake up, go to work, work out, come home. Boom, 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 boom. And it's just like, that's my, oper- that's my method of operation. And so I started doing it. Now, it wasn't simple. It wasn't, it was simple, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. What, ha- what happened? People would still call me up. Hey, we're going out. Da, 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 let's go. And I'd have to turn them down. I was like, ah, not tonight. The weekend would roll around. Hey, we're getting ready. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, I'm just staying in the night. And this continued for weeks, right? And I would always have to, what I refer to as just, I just continued politely uh, declining. It's like, ah, not tonight. Ah, I'm staying in. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys go ahead. You girls go ahead, whatever it is. And I, that was just my process of how I wanted to operate. Well, what happened over, you know, one week went by, two weeks went by. Well, you know, a couple of weeks after this of me just continuing to turn people down and turn people down and turn people down, the invitations became less and less and less. And eventually there there wasn't anything to turn down. Like I had reconditioned myself, but also I had to recondition the people that I was hanging out with that, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't. You wasn't going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And so over time with enough, with enough declines, they stopped asking. Mm. Uh, and before, before it even got to that point, you could probably rec- uh, uh, relate to this before it got to that point. It was like, what, what's going on? Like, why don't you come out where you just like, uh, like, it's like, you used to kind of get that um, label. Of, oh, he doesn't go out. You know, he's too good. Or uh, uh, he always goes, he's just chilling. And it, it was almost kind of like a small little negative twist mm-hmm. bef- before like, they, like everything stopped. But I was going to say, did time, they give you some judgment for saying no? I don't think so. No, not really. I didn't take it personal. Um, no. no did you, some people did probably, you ever, no. Did you ever explain to them like this? Um, um, why? No. 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 Um, there, was, there was no need to. This would be the same thing for somebody who's wanting to lose weight. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that? It's like where you try to stay focused and whether it's your friends, your siblings, your relatives, your coworkers, whatever, they'll ask you to do something or they'll invite you to do something. And you, you know, you go and then you try, you say no, but then you try to explain and elaborate why. Mm. And then what happens? They're like, Oh, you know, live a little. Oh, you've been working so hard. Oh, you deserve to da 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 da. Oh, you're just the, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like they'll they'll try to combat it with a um with a rebuttal and just be like, oh no, 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 you're good the way you are. You don't need to lose any more weight. Oh, you're just fine. And so they're they are not really in tune. I, the, your real friends are, but like for the majority of the part, most people aren't going to be in alignment with what you want to accomplish. Mm. So for me, so for me, I never, I never considered that they needed an explanation. I was just politely declined. I was short to the point, very concise with no explanation. I just, Hey, maybe next time. Hey, uh, uh, uh no, I'm just, stay, I'm just staying in. And just, and just over time, the invitation stopped happening. So, but, yeah. yeah, and so uh, that had happened. The invitation stopped, and so now, now I got momentum, right? And so I have momentum by uh, not having as many distractions. So here I am working, 
paying things off, working, paying things off, working, paying things off. I had been dealing with this financial debt for like five years and getting nowhere, just running around in circles, getting nowhere. That year when I finally made my mind up and when I started, like I said, behaving in the manner that I needed to and staying focused, it took me eight months. And I remember I was over here at this, uh, uh, the bank and, uh, you know, the tubes, when you go through the drive-thru with the tellers, the black plastic have those. tubes. We don't have those. Okay. You have, you have, uh, have drive-thru banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have these tunnels. And so you can go and you have these transparent tubes yeah. and you can pop, you can pop the lid. I got my daughter's sock. This is funny. <laughs> you, you can pop the lid. Right, and you slide yeah. your check or your ca- cash or whatever into the tube. Yeah, you lock the tube. You put it in the. Uh, you put it in, and it sucks it up, and it takes it over there. Anyways, I had wrote the last check. I put it in the tube. I sent it up. Sent it inside, and uh, I sat back in my chair in my car, and I was like, I wasn't like celebratory. I wasn't excited. I was like, Yes, I did it. I did it. I did it. It wasn't a sense of like celebration. It was more like why did I wait so long mm. to, to, to focus? And I share this story. And when we talk about when we have these shifts in our mentality, it's like, even though you may have been dealing with something difficult for a long time, it could be a relatively short amount of time for you to accomplish your goal. If you just focus and put a whole heart, a wholehearted effort, you can, you can cut down the time that it takes, but it's uh, um, you're going to have to act and behave in a manner that you've never that, that you you've had to put a level of effort yeah. that you've never done before, and it's possible. And I always share that particular story with all of my students because some of them that want to lose fifty pounds, sixty pounds, a hundred pounds. You know, uh, I've heard they told me um, one lady said it feels like I'm boiling the ocean. It feels like the goal is so big. Yeah. Like, oh, I've tried this in the I've tried this in the past. I've tried that in the past. I've failed. You know, I've started, I've lost momentum, I've lost the weight, I've gained the weight back. And like you mentioned, it's like not that lifestyle, it's a lifestyle, but it's just they have this track record in this past history of just um succeeding but always reverting back to their old habits. And I share this story with them. It's like, you know, it may seem like it may take a long time, but Really, were you giving a full effort and were you giving a full effort for long enough? And for mm-hmm. the majority of people, unfortunately, they haven't. But mm-hmm. I'm just here to tell you, like, the listeners and the people that watch this is like, you can. You have to be honest with yourself and you're going to have to <laughs> be a little bit uncomfortable in behaving in a new way that your friends ain't going to understand, your family may not understand, and that's okay. It's not their goals. Mm-hmm. It's you. It's you. It's your goals. And you're the only one that's going to be responsible for you accomplishing them. And you trying to depend on somebody else is going to be a losing formula. So I always share that story with my yeah. students. Like fo- focus and doing it for yourself is a thing that gets you through. I find that so many mm-hmm. people, they, they make excuses and they have like, oh, I can't do it because of this or this happened or because of that. So what do you say to people to help them focus on the thing they need to I've been doing this uh, long enough. I've been doing this professionally for 16 years. I typically have some sort of reference point from a, a former student um, who have accomplished that, especially in my particular field. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's typically the same five excuses 
time, um, you know, my family, that's a time, family, um, how I just have no motivation. Uh, I mean, it's just, it really is. It's just the same handful of excuses. And uh, we have enough evidence now that, and I tell them is like, hey, if, look, here's a person that reminds me of your situation. This was their experience. This is what they were able to accomplish it. They're no different than you. This was a mom with several kids. This was a da 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 da. And uh, I pull from these. Uh, I pull from these references that uh, some of our past students have been wildly successful. And I just use those because there have been whatever whatever it is. Um, I always like always like with you guys. With you guys, do podcasts. When you started your podcast, did you know exactly how to run everything and do everything? Yes or no? No. <laughs> no. That, right. There was a learning curve. There probably still is a learning curve. But that's the thing. If you just sat back and be like, man, I could never do a podcast. Like, oh, there's no way. And never actually like went out there and just like pursued it. They would never get done. But it's like all these other people who have done podcasts, like, they were in the same spot in the beginning as you. Yeah. We all have to start. We all have to start somewhere. And it's always a, it really comes down to it's like if you believe that it's not possible, that's going to be a problem. It will. And so we talk, there's three things that we focus on. It's a skill set. Uh, it's a character trait or it's a belief or lack of belief. And these are kind of like the three areas that Seisha and I focus on with our students on what needs to be developed better. Sometimes it could be all three of them. And a lot of times it is all three of them, but um, the excuse making, yeah, it's just, uh, that's typical for a lot of people and a lot of things. And we just use, we just use uh, references from uh, our past students who have, had those same excuses but have also been wildly successful over time that's a really good point having those that proof that social proof those testimonials and it 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 stopped it well it helps to stop people like continuing to make those excuses and i think that when you've got a big enough a big enough purpose and a big enough why behind it behind your goal your your reason for whatever it is wanting to mm -hmm. lose weight clear the debt that's going to help people so much more than just because for sure absolutely and like i said a big enough reason everybody has the everybody loves the idea of improvement and i would say the the result of improvement but not everybody's in love with the process and the work mm -hmm. that it takes uh everybody loves the end result they see the final product uh, but they don't see all the trial and errors uh the failures and the setbacks the stroke excuse me the struggles um that come along with it and you know um it's i think that's why there's a lot of go ahead i was gonna say one of my mentors say people want the baby without the labor pains <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't heard i mean i've heard that one not in a long time but yeah absolutely absolutely so it's um do you have kids no i don't okay. want the labor oh, pains yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yet okay oh cool but yeah, there's just um, excuses. Every, everybody's going to have their excuses, uh, and those are going to, uh, like you said, it really comes down if the person really wants it bad enough, honestly. Because if the if it's a big enough if it's a big enough commitment, they'll they will find ways to overcome, or they'll get creative on, on different ways, or they'll, they'll just move forward without having the answer, but they'll figure the answer out for sure. If it's yeah. a if it's if the, if they believe in it, that it is doable big enough i think anything is achievable if you really want it enough and 
If you are not. So here's what I, I don't remember where I got this from. Uh, but there's no such, uh, uh, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals. There's just unrealistic deadlines. Mm-hmm. So I actually use that one a lot. So people are like, man, I really, I want to accomplish this. 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 And I want to do it in 90 days. Well, <laughs> right. Whatever it may be, 90 days, six months, whatever it may be this year, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, they have these big ambitions and which I love. And this is also what I, I love that you guys have these big targets. I actually uh, uh, encourage you guys to have big targets, but you need to have enough awareness and, and enough uh, understanding that those particular goals from a chronological standpoint are more than likely going to take longer than you anticipate, but they're not unrealistic. And that's the biggest thing is like, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be unrealistic. There's no such thing as an unrealistic goal. However, there are unrealistic deadlines. And so, yeah, time frame. And so if you undershoot it and he's like, oh, that's fine. You can always set a new deadline. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to, you want to do it in six months. You want to do it in a year. Okay. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't make you a failure. You just set another deadline. Mm-hmm. And you just you just keep on going. So that's just the biggest. Uh, that's the that, that's one of the biggest things. I talked to one of our students yesterday in our group coaching. She's been doing awesome, absolutely awesome. She's a brand new student. She's been in for a month. She's lost twenty one pounds in her first month, and she's like stoked. I mean, it's all, who wouldn't be right? So mm-hmm. she's stoked. She's happy. This is this is this, and it's so crazy. Two days later, she's frustrated again, and I brought this to her attention. I was like, just forty eight hours ago, you were like on cloud nine. It's like, now you're frustrated again. I said, it's that whole, like I said, instant gratification. Uh, it's that entitlement. You guys still got to understand. It's like, this takes time. Anything, anything worth having or anything worth doing is going to take time. So it's not necessarily an unrealistic goal. It's just an unrealistic deadline. I like that. I was having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago. And they were saying about setting smart goals and how, why would you set a realistic goal? And like realistic to you may not be realistic to me like totally different things like for example we've just done a twenty thousand square foot property development and that was our first big project now to me that wasn't unrealistic that was realistic because i knew we could do it with the right team and the right support other people may look at that and think i can't do that but that's because they haven't got the right the right team and the right support around them and the right and getting, mm-hmm. getting that training and the knowledge to to be able to make that happen so looking at what other people do as well sometimes I think like comparison is the thief of joy and if you're looking at okay so somebody else achieved that I could never do that but actually maybe you could if you had the right support it's the way how they look at it so that quote right uh, I mean it's even like biblical right comparison is the thief of joy so I look at it from a different perspective when you're using comparison, it could go one of two directions. If you're comparing yourself to somebody and it's robbing you of your joy and your happiness, that's a problem. But that comes down to the individual and how they, how they respond to that. If you use comparison in the right way, you could look at somebody who has accomplished something amazing and you just, you just flip it. You say, well, if they did it, it is possible. Yeah. Use it as inspiration. And if, 
Yes. And if it's possible for them, it's, it's possible for me. I just need, I may not have the right team yet. I may not have the right support. I may not have the right skills yet, yet. but some, but somehow, some way they figured it out. I just need to find out how they figured and what is the knowledge and the skills and all the stuff that they did. And I just need to follow in those footsteps. Mm -hmm. So comparison, it really comes down on how the person uses it. Uh, uh, but uh, people, and like I said, we'd be flipping through our phones, flipping through our phones. Oh man, this, this, this. And he's like, if it's robbing of your joy, that's a problem. But if he's like, man, oh, it's like, dude, that'd be awesome. He's like, yes, I am going to be inspired to keep going, to work harder. If they can do it, I can do it. So comparison can be actually useful yeah. rather, rather than just simply rob you of your joy. But it really comes down to how the person views it and how they, uh, um, and really just, uh, I, how they respond yeah how they respond to it it could be a good thing but it also could be a bad, bad thing but yeah yeah i think most people most a lot of people see it and use it in a bad way and then that gets them down mm -hmm. and then that allows them to make excuses rather than giving them permission to want to do more and achieve more and have more yes success. yes absolutely that, that, i love how you said that it's like no it's like if this is the universe giving you permission. It's the universe showing you, it's like, hey, no, yes, look, it yeah. can, it, it can. <laughs> that has to, you got to be around the right type of people that think that way too, as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's not a lot, and it's it's not the majority. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. Most people just um, are either reluctant or they're they're um, skeptical. Uh, or they're just very overly critical and they just don't, most people just don't think big enough. No. I've been, I've, I've, I have, I know for, you know, uh, there's been times in my life where I know I haven't, but. A lot of it though is it's our schooling system. It's the indoctrination of go to school, go to university, get a job, get a husband or wife, have kids, get the house. Like that's, that's the path that most people are supposed to go on because that's what we're taught. And that's mm -hmm. why people, a lot of people don't think outside the box. So the people that do, we are the few. And often people in the system look in and, and they can't comprehend it because they, they, they don't understand it. They've not been taught mm -hmm. to understand it. It's the, um, you know, it's, it's those of us that do think differently and go, hold on a minute and question and ask questions that, that sure. see see things differently and go well hold on like there has to be another way yeah for, i got a question so for you personally it's like when you're exploring other options when you're thinking differently than the status quo or the majority of people like what's one of the biggest things that you struggle with when you're not falling in line with everybody else I don't think I do anymore because I'm not with those people. Like I have not lived mm. a conventional life. I, mm -hmm. since I was a child, I wanted to go to university. I said, I'm going to Oxford or Cambridge. Like I loved school. I'm very intelligent. And then I hit six, four, I'm 16. And I just had had enough. My, I was done with formal education. And then I went from job to job to job to job because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then got on a plane came to Mallorca, I've traveled the world, I've run bars, gyms, now do property development, podcasting, public speaking, host masterminds and retreats. I don't live and haven't lived conventionally to mm -hmm. be around those people. But when I was in the, the corporate world in London, like the last job I left, 
and I just saw people just going on on the hamster wheel like just constant and I just like I was looking around thinking I'm not happy you're not happy sod this I'm off that was it I just went yeah on. and then so was that aware what was it like when you when you so so your last corporate job and so you were looking around it's like was there typically it's like what people uh, what I've heard be it's like well you know I just didn't feel fulfilled mm. or or I have cap I they got capped out meaning it was like they they got as high as they could and like is this it yeah right that's another one or it's just like um they were just still like curious too. Is like is there more is there more out there for you? So what was it specifically for you? One of the um our stationary guy, he he said, I'm leaving, I'm gonna introduce you to the new guy. I'm off to Thailand to be a scuba diving instructor. And I was like, You're mental. It's like you're you're you like you live in London. Why would you want to ever live anywhere else? You are crazy. Mm. And I don't know if like that sparked something in me because we went away every year and then I was going to go traveling and my friends just they they backed out in the end and so I spent another year of my life miserable not going exploring and then I thought okay well I can't wait around for anyone anymore um and just left on my own yeah so in that particular situation when that guy left for Thailand you were more curious well I thought he was crazy because like London's my home and like you've got everything you could ever want in London but no, no, no. <laughs> just no. But yeah, cu- curious. I am curious and I like to explore. And I think that's partly why I would start a job and I'd like, okay, I've explored this now. That's not for me. Let me try something else. Try another job, yeah. another job. And then I just didn't find my people. But now, all of these years later, I found my people. And I still go off by myself because I can. Yeah. So how does that look different? So like when you talk about, I found my people, what are some, what are some, uh, how would you explain that to somebody just like in a normal conversation for you? It's like, well, what do you mean? Your people? What do you mean? They're people that get me and like support me, understand the dedication to the gym and that I like to be strong, not skinny, that kind of thing. And people who, support and champion me but also question me and they don't know I don't have just yes people around it's that okay so yeah you did that how could you do this or mm-hmm. what where did you get that that idea from and like you I, I love a debate like I love I love a debate and I've got friends that you know will disagree on something where we're still friends you can disagree mm-hmm. on something and still be friends and we have a decent discussion about it why do you believe the way you think the way you do this is why i do you have a conversation i'll learn from them they'll learn from me and then we carry on and talk about something else mm-hmm. those are my people. Sure. yeah yeah how did you there, find uh, your people because you changed who you uh, hung around with i think it's um that's a great question i don't know if it's a so my my people <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more about um god that's a great question my people okay my people or the type of people that i like and enjoy being around yeah i don't think i want to like put anybody in a box but it's just the different types of a character traits so like you said people who can have a 
good conversation, people who are open-minded, people um, who aren't quote unquote traditional. It's like you resonate with that more, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I resonate with, so some of my people is people who are yearning to pursue improvement. This is one thing I always talk about. I was like, this isn't our, our lives are an infinite pursuit of improvement for people who are not constantly looking to get better. I don't, I don't relate to mm -hmm. people who are comfortable, people who are comfortable, people who have just, like I said, they've accepted. That's the bad thing the people where they they've accepted where they're at yeah. in life. And I'm like, you don't, it does, you don't have to. It's like, if you don't like your situation, you can do something about it. And so I will click with people who are just like, you know what, let's figure this out. Let's, it's like, how can we make this? So you use the word explore. And that's, um, that's one thing I, that I would resonate with too, as well. It's like explore new opportunities, explore mm -hmm. new places, explore new, get, uh, like I said, discovering new people. Um, I mean, even it, it, it is, it's almost like a, it's like, what's next or what else, what else is out there? It's not like, what's next. And it's not a, um, it's not a lack of satisfaction. It's, um, it's a curiosity. Yeah. And that's what I was even mentioned with, with, you know, it's like, it's just a curiosity because it's like, Hey, look at what, look at all these wonderful things that we've done and what we've accomplished. What else can we do? Mm-hmm. Using like what else is out there? Yeah, using those achievements as motivation to do something else and more. That's what makes it exciting. Exactly. That's what makes life exciting. It's it's like it's like why would you want? I I'm very I am very frustrated with people who just want to stay put. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now, and it's interesting because it's like, oh, those people—they're they're just happy with where they're at, and that's, I guess, yeah. That's fine for <laughs> you. Some people, are like, yeah. But yeah, as in for them, not for you. But no, does, you know, not for me. I like, you know, where does the conversation go? Depends on who we're talking to, right? Kind of just depends, and that's the other thing too. If if you're not in a conversation that doesn't uh spark your interest or is not um that's one of my favorite things about station i'm dropping jumping all over the place is so uh station is my partner um one of my favorite things about her is is not only is she absolutely beautiful but she she stimulates me uh intellectually mm. And, and so the first time we ever met, this was crazy. I met her through actually training. So she was actually looking for someone uh, to help her out with her journey. But the first day that we met, uh, my normal consultations, 45 minutes, maybe, right? Yeah. We spent two, we spent two and a half hours talking. <laughs> wow. Like unplanned. Yeah. And, and, and it was just like, she came into the office. Um, uh, I don't even remember what we talked about, but I heard the chime on the door ding. And then my next appointment was like, dad gum, it's been 200 or it's been a two hours and 30 minutes. And it was just something about, so like for her, 
But for other people, it's like you click with them. It's like you can either get on a topic or you start sharing experiences or whatever it is. And um, like I said, you have that curiosity. And it's like you can kind of tell within a certain a certain few minutes mm-hmm. if if this is your type of person, if this is mm-hmm. your people. And so uh, for her and for other people, it's like I said, they, they work hard. They're, um, they're goal-oriented. Uh, not excuse makers. Um, yeah, those are my type of people. I, like I hate complaining. <laughs> I hate complaining. Can't stand it. I don't. Even, I hate it when I complain. And I was like, complain about complaining. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. So those are those are those are my type of people. Just people who are like, let's figure it out. Solution oriented. Said yeah. this on another show before. It's like I'm just I'm just a solution oriented type of thinker. Mm-hmm. now and forever uh the people who aren't the people who are just like i said worrying or complaining about the problems that just um that just repulses me and it was like let's stop like worrying about the problem let's let's go solve the problem yeah exactly i'm like that i, don't, I can't yeah. i haven't got time to worry i'd rather just like do the jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. yeah yeah hey, now hey. here's the here's the here's the interest here's the interesting part of that though it's like let's just figure it out Sometimes, though, it's like we start to take action too fast, where we could pump the brakes and be a little bit more efficient. Um, but we just have to uh, operate with this sense of urgency. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. I know that's the fault of my own. Is like I just want to go and solve and do and go and solve and do and go and solve and do. Sometimes it's like slow down. Let's look at the, let's look at the over there and what's going to be the best way of doing it. And sometimes I don't always do that. <laughs> I wouldn't call it wreck. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it reckless. I would just call it. Uh, like I said, was, I just operate it's, with a sense you're of urgency. You're just enthusiastic. It's enthusiastic. I like that better. I like that better. I'm just very enthusiastic. Yes, yeah. I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I get excited about things, and sometimes I need to slow down. And like, I love a goal. I love a plan. I love a deadline. I'm, like mapping it out, but sometimes you just have to go right. Fuck it. I'm off. Like yeah. I'm just going to make this happen. I'll figure it out along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. You've had to overcome quite a bit of adversity um, in your life and especially over the past three years as well. There's quite a bit I'd like to explore with that. Um, as we all know, the past three years have been fucking horrendous. <laughs> to put mm-hmm. it politely. Um, yeah, yeah. Built up a great business and had to control what you could do as opposed to what was happening around you and which is something that we like I talk about a lot and we had a similar situation with our business could you share like some of what you went through and how you found the solution being a solution finder for sure so 2020 so I had a brick and mortar I've been doing this professionally for 16 years uh, we, I've had a private one-on-one studio. Uh, I've had an affiliate gym. I've had a boot camp, um, but I've always had a brick and mortar um, business. Fast forward 2020, we all know COVID happened, and all the quote-unquote non-essential businesses uh, were shut down on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, that year, that same year, our first son Zayman uh, was born. Um, as well, the October prior. So COVID happened 
we were getting shut down in February, March. Golly, yeah, it's March. I can't believe it's actually been three years to this three month. Years, yeah. Um, three years to this month. And the entire fitness industry worldwide, not just here, not just in the United States, but the entire uh, and multiple industries uh, were just completely just rocked because, uh, you know, non-essential shutdown. And so, like, there were families out there. There were moms and dads and things like that that had to just completely, they weren't allowed to work. We were one of those. Uh, and I believe the statistic was, I think it was about 33% of the entire uh, fitness industry never recovered from COVID. Uh, we were part of that statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that same year, so let's talk about adversity. So 2020 was the year of transition. Uh, had our first son, uh, Zayman. He's two now. Um, he's also on the uh, autism spectrum. Um, we lost our dog. Uh, Sasha's grandfather actually had to have his leg amputated that summer. Uh, she was let go from her job because same thing, her business uh, was taking, um, was really hurting uh, from the pandemic too as well. So we had this whole year of transitions, mm-hmm. starting a family, her losing her job, us, uh, you know, the gym struggling, having family members get sick, losing our dog. It's like a, it's just a bunch of bunch yeah. of transitions. Yeah. And so I, I had been doing just a little bit of uh, online training for uh, a, a few years prior. Nothing serious by any means, like one or two or three clients here or there. Um, well, when 2020 happened, they shut the gym down. And so we kind of, they, they slowly started to, they slowly started to open businesses back up. Okay. You can open it up, but you can only have six people, you know, in the facility. Oh, you can open it up, but you can only have it between these hours and all these different stipulations. So it made it really tricky for a lot of people. And so with all those complications, the membership diminished, the business, the business as a whole suffered. And here's the, the, and here's the thing about it. And a lot of people don't understand this. I'm going to get on a soapbox. I'm going to get on a soapbox. Is that okay? Can I do that? So, so this was actually, this is really interesting because you asked me at the same time, going back to when I was getting out of debt, you asked me, did you explain anything to anybody? Did they need an explanation? I was like, nah, I didn't feel like they needed it. Right. Let's fast forward to here. When we made the decision, when we made the decision to let everybody know is like, we're closing the facility. Um, it gave everybody the option. I told them what we were going to do. I said, we're going to move transition to fully online. We completely fully, uh, 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 continue to serve you guys just in this type of format. The backlash that we got from that was very negative was very uncomfortable, was very just, I don't know if it's like I expected that way. It's just, it was just very ugly, mm-hmm. honestly. Not everybody, let me put some context, not everybody, but for, you know, a handful of, uh, of clients and people, it was, it, there was, there was some negative backlash and they were looking at it from their perspective and me as that business owner, because it is a business. Yeah. And that's the thing is I'm, I'm making business decisions as I should, because it is a business. 
Um, and that's just the bit. And that's the other thing is it's like not everybody can run businesses too as well because it's those really, really, really hard, difficult de- the decisions that you need to make. Um, but I, I presented it, you know, everybody with the options to uh, pursue that if they if they wanted to. But um, I did the same thing, same thing with when I was getting out. Of, I really didn't owe an explanation to everybody. It's like, hey, listen, you guys understand it. This is COVID. Things aren't working out. I didn't need to go like into deep details. It's like we're pivoting. Yeah. The good thing is, is like we had a, we actually had an option to pivot. Um, and this comes down to adaptation. It's like here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever had situations in your life where you had to make these big transitions. You've changed your job in your career several times, right? Yep. As you as you, <laughs> as you've mentioned, <laughs> and so it's like every time one of those transitions is, you may have had to have a new skill set, learn a new skill set whatever relocate relocated but there's all these things that are happening and it could be uncomfortable um and this is what i tell people is like the people that are able to adapt the best are the ones that are going to succeed yeah 33 percent of the gym uh industry closed down some of that 33 percent closed down forever they never did anything again with health and fitness the ones that, that were able to adapt to an online uh a model are the ones that are succeeding the ones that were able to adapt to an online model and do well are still here three years later. Yeah. We're still here three years later, but not only are we still here, but we're absolutely thriving. Good. Uh, and that was one thing. It was such a, um, it was actually a uh, blessing in disguise because now we're able to help uh, people outside of our own community. Whereas with a brick and mortar, we were restricted by geography, you know, five mile, yeah. 10 mile radius. But now we're helping people across the nation and we even have international students too as well. That's so brilliant. we didn't see it. Yeah, we didn't see it at the time, but it was actually, uh, I never want to say that COVID was a blessing, but uh, the lesson, the lessons learned from COVID was the blessings yeah. for sure. I, I think there, there so, is a lot, uh, there is a lot of good that has come from it if you take the lessons on board. Absolutely. And even with like, I think even with podcasting, this is actually one industry I think has actually thrived because of that. A lot of people just like yourself is like, they were in corporate and they're like, they were taking a look around. It's like, dude, this is not what I want to do forever. And so a lot more people actually started pursuing their passions. And even in this particular industry mm-hmm. is like, you see, I mean, obviously now is like, there's a lot more podcasts. There's a lot more uh, educational resources, a lot more stuff online in every industry now. And it's actually opened up a lot more freedom for people to pursue what it is that they're really 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 passionate about and all for the better all for the better so covid was covid was definitely um not a good thing but the lessons learned because of that was definitely a blessing and again it all comes down to your perspective mm-hmm. like things can either be things can either be bad or things can we can always use things for good too as well it's just it's just how you adapt and how you look at the circumstance yeah does that make sense it makes my sense. type of my type of people and your type of people would be like you know what let's figure this out exactly whereas and whereas other people are like oh no oh what are we gonna do oh this is so unfortunate oh the world's coming to an end and a worm thing like no let's just figure let's figure this out let's just Mm -hmm. just find a new find a new path so yeah building that mindset isn't it and the resilience that comes with it Mm -hmm. absolutely you've had to do a lot of that throughout your life what's been like other than COVID, one of the biggest things that's helped you to build a resilient mindset? Running away. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were divorced when I was uh, 
second or third grade. Um, I ended up living with my father. Um, growing up, uh, junior high, high school, I think that particular situation led me to have more of a rebellious spirit. Um, uh, I had I had difficulty adjusting to the what had happened because of the divorce. Long story short, you know, you go as you grow up, you go become a teenager. You're, I think teenagers are natural, naturally rebellious, anyways. But I got to the point where him and I didn't see eye to eye, and so I decided to leave. Mm. Uh, I actually did it. I actually did it twice. I left when I was seventeen, <laughs> and as the good, you know, you know, father as he is, and want to teach me responsibility, he says you need to come back home, or I'm calling the cops, and we're going to put you in juvie. Well, I was like, I didn't want to go to juvie, mm-hmm. so I came back home, and then, uh, but by the time I had turned eighteen. Whoa. Again, we still wasn't seeing eye to eye on a lot of things, and I finally decided to leave. So, um, but with that, it's like, what do you do, right? There was no sense of uh, direction. I didn't have a plan. Um, I really didn't have a course of action. A lot of things was just like flying by the seat of my pants. I was making decisions. It seemed like almost uh, weekly and monthly. Um, that's been, I think, the biggest theme of my life is just adapting adapting from leaving home early uh adapting um like i said the situation being in debt at a very young age being that much in debt at a very young age adapting during covid uh now uh, adapting as a parent that's the other thing running a online business from home when you have two little babies that's a new mm. that's a whole What's new that like? that's a whole <laughs> it's a whole new stre- it's a whole new stressor Right. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is, is like we have to our, our time management has to be better. Our communication has to be better. Um, I'm the only one here now. It's like we can't have the you know babies running around going crazy when we're trying to do uh, podcasts and Zooms and interviews and things like that. And so just like the the communication and the collaboration has to has to improve and be better. And so but again, that's just another adjustment. Yeah. Um, and most and a lot of people just have have difficulties adjusting to those situations, any situations, um, fluidly. And, and the better you're able to do it, the better you'll succeed. The, the worse you do it, the worse you'll succeed, period. So I love hearing how, like you said, it's like you've changed, you've changed groups. Uh, have you lived in the UK your whole life? Until I was 22. And then I left. And then what? Uh, Mallorca, Thailand, Barbados. Oh, you! Oh, see, I love that. Where's your favorite place you travel? Oh, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> really? Um, maybe I loved Cuba. I really loved Cuba. The food was great, but Thailand for the food. Um, okay. where I live, I love where I live because it's just such a beautiful island. Like the beaches are amazing. There are mountains. You can go hiking. There's so much to do here. Um, but yeah, Cuba was fascinating. That there, what was your favorite? Uh, what, what was your favorite part? Um, just sit like actually probably Havana, like going and just just seeing the beauty and the dilapidation, and how beautiful it must have been when it was full of color and like in its heyday. But actually, I still found it beautiful despite how run down it was and like the cars and that the fact that. It was so strange. Like there was no internet. Mm. 
like I couldn't couldn't connect with anybody and that was nice because I was able to be present and just yeah. enjoy like the experience and I learned so much Spanish there that it like because people were were help friendly and they wanted to to help I'm walking around with my Spanish book and like speaking and they're helping and correcting me and like it was just it was just a really amazing experience I love that like, and then I you love, said I, Vegas well, yeah, Vegas, Vegas, too, Vegas is just 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 to drink and gamble. <laughs> how long how long did you live there? Um, I haven't I haven't lived there, but I've been there six times. Okay, so you're talking about just a visit? Okay, yeah. yeah I don't think I could live there. I'd probably die. Well, that that's what well, that's what I was getting to. It was like yeah. there's a difference between visiting Vegas and living there. So when you said yeah. that, okay, got it. Yeah. You got it. What's your what's your um. <laughs> what's your favorite vegas story your oh, most okay. uh, yeah 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 the ones that, <laughs> the ones that the one the ones that you can tell on the store <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> give me a good give me a good vegas story you go and then i'll uh well you go <laughs> we'll see if I no, one of my one of my favorite days actually it was such a simple day and yeah, yeah. i was there with my dad and three of his friends and we i could like I was with somebody, I think I was with, with Mark or Martin, and I could hear this noise. I could hear my dad anyway. And we we went and found that they were on this little, the little plastic racehorse track. And they were like, my dad and John were playing. And we anyway, we sat down and we played on the other side. We ended up sitting there for about six hours and making so much noise. Like there was just this massive crowd like around us because we were cheering mm. and then my dad's cheering every single like little race and he's winning he's winning every race and we're like hang on a minute hang on a minute and he was betting on every horse <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and we just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed all day and and like these people must have thought we were winning like thousands because of the amount of like noise we were making and the drinks ladies were coming around and and we were just betting like a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't even massive. And it's that was one of the most fun days because those six hours, I swear to God, it was about six hours. And then we went to the Grand Lux um, Cafe for burgers, which are the best burgers in the world. Yeah. 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 So that's that's the tame Vegas. That's the tame the one for the fun. They're actually, uh, have you seen that they're building that big uh, sphere theater? Have you seen that? That's going to be wild. I haven't been. Yeah. Seisha and I went, uh, I think, about five years ago or so for her 30th birthday. And um, <laughs> we got to a point where we were all like, so it was like her and her family, and she's Hispanic. So uh, it was us, her mother, her grandparents, her cousins, uncle. I mean, it's like, you know, it's probably the whole family. I said the whole family, majority of the family. And uh, we were going, if you've been to Fremont Street, yes. Yes. Yeah. So you know the debauchery and the uh, just the crazy, the the craziness there too as well. Well, at some point in night, uh, we lose her mother, and this is on this was on the day of her birthday, uh, of Station's birthday. But anyways, we ended up losing we ended up losing her mom, and I was like, oh, she must have just like you know went in and like started gambling, you know, somewhere or whatever. Anyways, it's like we don't find her. We go to that karaoke bar. We're singing. We're acting the fool. We're having fun, taking photos, all this stuff. You know, things like that. 
I probably about like an uh, an hour or so later, her mother finds us, and she is just heated. <laughs> she is so she is so pissed. Oh no! She she is yelling. Not even like just like she is yelling. It's like she like we got lost. She got lost. She she didn't go to gamble. Like she got lost in like in all this mess. And she's completely by herself. You know, it's just like you don't want to be by yourself in a place like that, like no. not knowing anywhere or anything. But anyways, like and it went from everybody just having a great time. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. To not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. And so, um, but now as I looking back at it, it's just it's like why anyways but it's like it's a it's a it's a crazy place for sure that's a that's a that's a pg story i could share from vegas there are some others but not for (laughs) not for this show not for this show for sure thailand huh we're going back when uh hopefully we'll be going again for my birthday i'm 35 this year so we're going in october for the seventh trip my seventh trip anyway my birthday is in october as well when's yours seventh seventh 20th 20th nice. libra l- l- yeah. libras for <laughs> sure yep yep so even uh but going back to the yeah like the whole adversity thing it's just like you, people just need to understand it's like things aren't always going to go perfectly people uh things aren't always going to go um even smoothly sometimes mm-hmm. things are going to go just like really really um terribly but you could still always move forward from that yeah. it's just again so it's like roll with the punches um be adaptable um i saw a video yesterday coach prime Deion sanders he talked about you know it's like you can always have a you can you can have a bad moment he says you can actually even have a bad hour but you decide if you're actually having a bad day mm-hmm. he's like i don't yeah i don't have bad days i'm in control of that I may have a bad moment. I may have a bad hour, but it's just like I don't have ba- I don't have bad days because I decide that I don't have bad days, and that's a, I think that's a really good fresh uh, outlook that's and perspective way to look at it. Yeah, and it is. Sure. It's just that it is a bad moment or a bad thing. It's not a bad life as yeah. well, because unless you let all of those things add up and let those control you, rather than you controlling how you respond. You have to be the one in control of, you know, how you respond to these outside and external factors. And you know what's interesting is that every human being that you meet, you could always share, we could always share stories of adversity, Mm. right? Oh, well, this happened. Oh, well, this happened in my life. Oh, I had this one situation. Everybody has their, their stories of adversity. I'm more, I love a good, comeback story mm. and so that kind of is the difference is like don't just tell me about you know the bad thing that happened but it's like i want to know how you came out of it yeah um but but not everybody has those types of stories to share and that's unfortunate but, but they could have they could have yeah. and they can't have they can sure. have and that's why we do what we do to help people overcome those adversities and and live a, a different and more fruitful life sure. yeah so what gives you the confidence in yourself to do what you do? That I have a a stack of evidence. Uh, uh, Alex Ramosi, he talked about that too. He says like, you know, uh, 
developing confidence in yourself is not just like screaming affirmations to yourself in the mirror. Oh, you can do it. Oh, you got it. It's not, it's not about, that's not how you build confidence. You build confidence through having an, an, an amount of evidence showing that, Hey, look like, yeah, you did that. Yeah, you did that. Yeah, you can do that. You can do hard things. Uh, and I think that's definitely where my confidence uh, comes from. There's been plenty of times, even um, uh, I would even say like recently, like we always get these feelings of um, not good enough, mm. Inadequ- uh, feeling inadequate. Yeah. You don't feel like you're a good enough friend. You don't feel like you're a good enough parent. You don't feel like you're a good enough spouse. You don't feel like you're a good enough, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Everybody's going to have those types of ex- uh, uh, experiences. And again, those moments. Um, but again, I think like even what we've talked about this whole time is like, what do you do when that does happen? Because it will, but like, how do you respond to it? It's like, for me, what gives me confidence is like, even though when those situations and those emotions do occur, cause they will, and they continue to will, but when they do, I have still just made the decision that I'm just going to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always done, whether it's, whether it was running away from home and figuring it out whether it was, you know, getting tens of thousands of dollars in debt and still just moving forward and figuring it out, whether it was, you know, having your business completely shut down, not due to your fault and and then figuring out to now it's, you know, it's like (laughs) uh, navigating, having a family and the challenges with that and then figuring it out. It's just, just keep moving forward and just deciding to do that. It's like, you'll make it through. Like you will, if you just decide to not stop. And then the more you do that, and then the more you overcome, and then the more you do that, and the more you succeed, you start to just naturally build this resilience and this confidence over time. You don't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I got it. No, it's like, you've, oh, and that's the part about it. It's like, we need the adversity. We need the adversity to test us so that we can overcome it. So that we can develop the confidence. Mm-hmm. So I welcome it. I welcome the adversity. I like that. I like that a lot. It's a lot of people, they don't want it and they struggle with a challenge and hide away in fear. But actually, if you face these things, you do become stronger and you, you know, you, you're able to succeed more and, and do what you want in life. They want the stories without the scars. <laughs> Stars make things interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's next on the cards for you? What's next on the card for me? Well, I mean, j- just this. We like I said, Sasha and I, we've been running the academy now for. Uh, we've gone fully online for three years. Uh, that's just my biggest focus. Um, uh, I'm actually getting ready to head out to a mastermind here this next weekend out in California. Um, but just continuing to go because again, relative. This is still relatively new in regards to building an online business fully mm-hmm. uh we've done very well uh for ourselves but still like we talked about earlier in the show today it's just like i'm not satisfied it's like what's next um, um it's just continuing again that infinite pursuit uh, of improvement and then just like i don't think there's a like what's next is how do we just get better what's next getting getting better what's next more improvement what's next how to just refine my skills, get new skills, meet new people. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, that's what's next. It's just keep growing. Just keep growing. I love it. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, and if you could leave people one tip to increase their confidence, what would it be? Mess up. <laughs> and that's a lot of people that people are like, what? It's like, how's that going to help my confidence? Again, it's like, it's through trial and error and those lessons that we learn through trial and error. It's like, you need to mess up so you can figure out what it is that you need to get better at. And then you start pursuing getting better at those things. And then again, over time is, is how you'll develop that confidence. Um, but those are the best, those are the best teachers is, is failure. And I have a, I have a very strong outlook on screwing up. Most people just they're like, Oh God, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. What if I mess up? What if it completely fails? What if it got that? And you know, they just, again, it's their perspective. Mm-hmm. And what I teach our, stu- what I teach our students is I just, I, I literally like, just go screw up, like go mess up. But then you got to figure out and learn is like, okay, why did that happen? How did that happen? And like, let's actually analyze the situation. Let's learn from the situation. And now we have a reference point that we can use ongoing for the future. But we would never have that reference point if things didn't screw up. Mm-hmm. So go screw up, make mistakes. Uh, and through the process of learning from your mistakes and getting better, that is how you're going to build confidence. It's not from getting everything right. It's from screwing up, getting it wrong, figuring it out, getting better, and then in the future, getting it right. And that's the process. It's like we have to have those failures to have those successes. or We won't learn anything. That's what I tell people. It's like, go screw up. Don't be afraid of it. You're still here. There's been plenty of times where you've screwed up already and you're still here. So it's just like, it's like, don't be afraid of, uh, don't be afraid of messing up. I have a, I have a real, I have an interesting outlook on failure. Um, I don't look at it as a negative thing. I look at it as, as a, an, uh, an appropriate thing. Like we need to fail. Yeah. It's part of the process. It's a part of the process. Yeah. And we're all human and we do all, you know, mess up and make mistakes and, we just have to learn from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. On that note, I think this is a very nice time to bring this to a close. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. I always enjoy meeting people who are like-minded. And like I said, I love that you traveled. I love that you're, are you bilingual? You're multilingual? Um, just Spanish. Just Spanish. Yeah. I love that. So it's, this is like, I get to, it's refreshing to meet people who, like I said, who are on the same uh, wavelength. Uh, like I said, they, they, they share like similar ideas and uh, common interests and things like that. And they're not just sticking in one place and being just so traditional and the status quo. So that's always refreshing for sure. Amazing. Brilliant. Same. And thank you. And um, we're a fan of online stalking, just not in-person stalking. So where can people online stalk you? <laughs> well, the, the platform that I'm active on the most is Instagram. Uh, you can find me at, Free Falco underscore fitness, F R E E F A L C O underscore fitness. Um, I am on other platforms too as well, but Instagram is the one that's uh, that I'm the most active on. So you could find me there. Amazing. We will put everything in the show notes for people to come and find you. And um, again, thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I know the listeners will. So make sure you go and follow David and download, subscribe, share with your friends, family even the people that you don't like because Sharon is caring. Um, Sharon is caring. Sharon is caring. So thank you very, very much. Um, And we will see you on the next one.